You're listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent in Birmingham, Alabama, a church with a heart for the gospel. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org. This week's college goes like this. Almighty God, you have built your church upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. Grant us so to be joined together in unity of spirit by their teaching that we may be made a holy temple acceptable to you through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. All right, so we got our fourth and final week of Hot Theology Summer. Hopefully you've gotten your Hot Theology on. Um, that was an absolutely ridiculous title, so thanks for coming. <laughs> like the, whole, the whole goal is to get you here, and here some of you are, despite my ridiculousness. So. We've taken a look at the collects for the past four weeks. And we try to do so in various ways. This week, we're getting into ordinary time, right? It's like, I think it's two Sundays after Trinity Sunday. We're in that long stretch of, stretch of what I call the green season, where we, you know, the clergy wear green, the altar linens are green. It's ordinary time. It's the time of the spirit, the time of the church. And it ranges for about half of the year. If you put together from Advent through to Pentecost, that's about half the year. This is the other half. So while we're in the season of the Spirit, I hope if you didn't go to the 9 a.m. class or the 9 a.m. service, um, hopefully you're going to go to the 11 o'clock. And we, we talked about the fruits of the Spirit, uh, the fruits being the work that the Spirit engenders or creates in us, the Spirit that has been given to us. So this collect is all about the church, the church that the Spirit is working on. Again, we talked a little bit about this last week. Um, it is two weeks after Trinity, and one of our weeks was on Trinity Sunday. Uh, when we think about the Trinity, think one will. There's a distinction of persons, right? Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But they're trying to do the same thing. That's why sometimes we'll talk about, or Paul will talk about in Galatians, the Spirit of Jesus. Uh, it's not that the Holy Spirit isn't its own person, uh, but that it's, they say the Spirit of Jesus, just so that we know like what we see in Jesus is what we get in God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So in this prayer, we pray, and if you want, you can look this up. If not, I'm going to go, go over it line by line, so you don't need to look it up. But if you want to look it up, it's lectionarypage.net, and just the, the Sunday for June 26th. We say you have built your church upon the foundations of the apostles and prophets, with Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. What are the authors trying to get across to us here? We're in ordinary time, the time of the Spirit. Uh, we talked about in the sermon how in Galatia there were these, this huge strife, all of these divisions, and that's why these teachers come in and they say, right, the solution to strife is to fall back on the law of Sinai, essentially you know, and which starts with circumcision, and then you're kind of like bound to this. All you have to do is choose between the way of life and death. It's all up to you, and you can do it. Um, Paul says otherwise, right? It's, you know, if, if only we could just do it. Uh, it's not that God has created us and then, you know, died and rose from the dead, and then was like, all right, I did my part. Now it's your, your part of the dance. Uh, no, the spirit of Christ is with us every step of the way. So the foundation is the apostles and the prophets. That's really shorthand for saying the Old and New Testaments, right? Uh, it's, it's, it's going a little bit deeper than that, 
Uh, it's saying the prophets and the apostles, but that should point us to what are we built on? We are built on the scriptures with Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone. So both Old and New Testaments point to Jesus, point to the one triune God. Uh, that's why we as Christians can never quite read the Old Testament exactly the way Jews do. This doesn't mean we can't be in Bible studies with Jews and learn a whole lot, but we believe and we, you know, in those commandments, you shall have no other God before me uh, because it's been revealed in Christ that God is triune from whenever we see God, the, the, the essence of God is triune. And so some, some people give us a hard time for imposing that back on the older scriptures. But what we're really saying is we're talking about, big word alert, sorry, ontology. The being of God from the beginning has been triune. It's not like, you know, when Jesus is sent among us, then all of a sudden the, the one God uh, becomes triune. The, the, the triune God has always been triune. And we, so both testaments, the foundation that we have uh, points to Jesus. This is why someone like Mark Gentilet is so important, right? An Old Testament scholar who's saying, uh, we're, just because we're Christians, we don't just read the New Testament. We read both testaments. They both witness to the same God, God being Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Now, the real meat of this prayer, our ask, what we really care about, right? Because uh, beyond all the the, the adoration, the thanksgiving, and all that. Um, what did we come to pray for? We came for what we want. That's probably not the good thing in us, but that's, I mean, my prayers are all help. I've already told you that. <laughs> and my prayers don't even have adoration and thanksgiving. It's just like, I'm in a bind. <laughs> and I'm blaming other people for it, but I put myself here. Uh, so we say, grant us to be joined together in unity of spirit by their teaching. So we've, we've mentioned the preamble, the character of God. You've built your church upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, with Jesus being the chief cornerstone. You've built us upon the scriptures, but even more important, you've built us upon yourself in your son. So in that, grant us to be joined together in a spirit of unity. Now, I feel like this is one of the prayers that God has not really answered, at least especially in America, right? In the United States of America, we have more denominations than anywhere in the world. We are a denomination creator. Uh, so it would seem that, okay, well, we're not so much joined together in a spirit of unity uh, via their teaching, via Jesus Christ. I said, I, want to be, I don't want to be too hard. I want to be a pessimist on us. I, I do think in the, in the second half of the 20th century, after World War II, there were real strong ecumenical movements uh, Catholics and Protestants talking to each other for the first time, the Orthodox being at the table, and then Protestants doing what you know the, the early reformers were trying to do was to create, I mean, they had no language for denominations yet back then. They were trying to bring all of the reformers together. Unfortunately, that did not work. How different a world would it have been if that worked? Even though, like we, we, we've got to live with reality on some of them, right? There are all these different denominations, but we are praying for a spirit of unity in this prayer. Again, where are we in the church calendar? We're in the spirit, the season of the spirit, the, the capital S spirit, not the Christmas spirit. Uh, we are in the, the season of the church, 
And the church, when we capitalize the church, we're talking about all of us, right? And it is unfortunate that we are fractured. And uh, I mean, this, this is why, like for me personally, I'm not gonna join, I'm not gonna break away from the church that I'm in to create something new or to create something separate. Uh, I'm gonna be in the church, and I guess to use our terminology today, my denomination, warts and all, uh, unless they take me out. Um, I just am not interested in, in uh, and I'm not saying I have friends who are parts of denominations who've split off, and I'm not saying they're apostate or anything like that. Don't worry. In fact, uh, my best friends is a part of one of these groups who I do the podcast with. But even beyond, because I do think that the we Protestants sometimes say, well, it's an invisible unity, and that is very important, of course. But that's not really what Paul and them had in mind. Like They, they really meant a visible unity, right? The visible unity is the witness to the world. Uh, so again, reality, we're probably not going to undo all these denominations, etc. But how do we work together? And, and again, it's all based not on like some kumbaya kind of stuff, which, you know, kumbaya is great. I'm not trying to knock on that too hard. <laughs> but it's built upon, you've built the church upon the foundations of the apostles and the prophets. Again, Jesus being the chief cornerstone. And notice, like, these denominations, they, they, they do share, we do share scriptures, right? Maybe we in the Catholics disagree on how many books are, are in like the Deuterocanon, um, but where do we make common cause in the midst of our, our, our commonality? So again, now here's where I, like, I kind of want to open this to the floor a little bit. I, I thought through this, but I don't, I don't pretend like I've solved this. Guys, full disclosure, I've not solved the problem of ecumenism, of trying to get everybody together. Maybe you, you will. Maybe we will. Wouldn't that be great? Probably not. But what does this mean? This, uh, so we're, we're, we ask that we might be joined together in a spirit of unity so that we may be made into a holy temple acceptable to you, O Lord. Now, when I think of you know, what binds us together, I do think it's important for us in our tradition that we say things like the Apostles' Creed or the Nicene Creed, right? Because those, those things are being said by Catholics, by the Orthodox, by a lot of people. Maybe our Baptist brothers and sisters don't say that, but more or less, like, they, they believe that, right? Like, there's a commonality of, like, belief in the Trinity. And I think we can go pretty far with that. But I've always been a little bit dissatisfied by that. Not that I want to throw it out. I do want to keep saying the Creed, keep trying to, like, work together, uh, you know, sometimes, and I, you know, hey, I'll, I'll knock it in this way, I'll probably knock it in the more conservative side in a second, but sometimes, you know, in the Episcopal Church, it's like, we forget, we think that, you know, we have 500 million members and not 2 million members, and so we speak for the entire church, uh, doing things kind of on our own without anyone else, which is kind of crazy. So that's, that's me knocking the church that I won't leave, uh, that I love. Um, but. Yeah, what does it mean? So beyond, and, and think about, and like even beyond denominations, thinking about like, I mean, because right now it's really important and, and it should have been for us for a while, Christians who look different from one another, wealthy Christians, poor Christians, white Christians, black Christians, like it's, how do we have this spirit of unity? Uh, because, you know, you can say the, the Apostles' Creed or the Nicene Creed and not care at all about your poor Christian brother or sister across the street. Or you could be, you know, a Christian who does not, you know, 
maybe upholds you know racist inclinations, whatever. You know, but, so again, those things are important. Uh, I do think there is a shaping of us in saying these things. But really, what is the the, the common denominator? That what, how do we find this spirit of unity amongst us? I want to say one thing that I think. Again, not that, that this is the complete answer. I think this is an area where the spirit is working on us. But I think what we do have, where we can be joined in the spirit of unity, where we're not going to necessarily ever all think exactly the same thing. Uh, we're not, uh, you know, until the eschaton, we're probably going to have disagreements and this and that. But I do think that the apostles, the prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, the way we can be joined, again, from a mind level that hopefully gets down to like a lived, loved heart level, is especially for those of us who might think we were better than other Christians. And that can be a whole range of things. Like we've got pure doctrine. Uh, it can be for bad reasons. Like, hey, like, you know, I've been blessed with material means. So like that means God's blessed me. He's not blessed these other people. I'm better off. Uh, it, it could be all, like you, you fill in the blank. Uh, but what I do think can really help us in the spirit of unity is that, is the gospel, right? The, the, the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ and being the chief cornerstone, a huge aspect of the gospel that we are made right with God by virtue of what God's done and not we ourselves. Unless we think this is just a Protestant notion, right? In 1999, the Roman Catholic Church and the Lutheran World Confederation came together and said, and again, it's debated, like, did they figure this all out well? But I think it's a, good, it's a step in the right direction that we agree now on justification by faith. Now, how, how does that work out here and there? Of course. We, but I don't want to be a skeptic. I want to say this is a good thing. And I think it's a good thing because I think what helps us in our spirit of unity is the gospel as the great leveling agent. The gospel leveling the playing field. Now for some Christians, the gospel as a leveling playing field will be, I've always thought I was so low. I always thought I was not on the level of my sister or my brother in Christ. Um, and you're brought up, but some of us, and. Unfortunately, a lot of us in the Episcopal Church, right? We tend to come from a little bit, I guess, I guess the word now is like privileged situations. Some of us, we need to be brought low, right? If, uh, and, and again, this can be, you know, I've got the perfect doctrine, I've got cash money, you know, whatever. Or just like, you know, before we realize that like you thought you were something, you, you realize I'll never be enough, and then you see that Christ has made you enough. The gospel is the great leveling field. Uh, I think has the power to have us talk to each other. Again, I'm not under any illusion that I'm gonna say this, 500 people are gonna hear it, and they're gonna be like, yes, we're all on the same page. But I think what helps us in dealing with our neighbors, with our with Christians of other denominations, people who, Christians who look different than us, whatever. Uh, the good news of the gospel, that we don't have to be defensive, that we don't have to prove anything, means that 
we can listen. We're not necessarily going to agree on everything, but we can, there can be a posture of a desire for unity. Does that make sense? Again, not throwing out our convictions as if, like, you know, uh, <laughs> go back to the creed. Like, oh, yeah, I'm not so sure about Jesus being the Son of God anymore. I'm not saying that. But I'm, what I'm saying is, like, look at denominations, look at Christians who, unfortunately, and this is true everywhere in the U.S., like, Sunday mornings, everyone looks the same. You know, isn't that kind of sad, especially when we have in... in Paul's letter to Galatians that we've been going through the last couple weeks. There is no more Jew nor Gentile, male nor female, slave nor free. Um, again, we, we're not going to be able to force all that, but force the, the every tribe, tongue, and nation being together. Like that's, that's going to happen, like it or not. Um, but I think what can help us when we're talking about you know, churches down the road, like maybe the 16th Street Baptist Church or, or the Roman Catholics over here, is and why we can work together with our outreach, etc., is because the gospel is the great leveling field. We come humble. We come, we're not better than you. We're also not worse than you. Uh, and we can learn from each other. And again, again with all of that being on the foundation of the apostles, prophets, Christ being the cornerstone. Does what, has what I said make any sense to you guys? Or is this sparking anything? Again, just to sum it up, and then I'd love to hear what you think. We're praying, Almighty God, you've built your church upon the strong foundation of the apostles, prophets, Jesus Christ himself being what? The cornerstone. We built the house on the rock that is Jesus. So your church is built on this, and yet a lot of times it doesn't look like that, right? So we're, we're praying, grant us so to be joined together on this rock in unity of spirit by their teaching. It doesn't say we're all going to always think the same way or the same thing, but this unity of spirit on that strong rock that we may be made into this holy temple on that rock, that we might be something like that city on a hill the scriptures talk about. Um, yeah, I, just, I want ideas from you, though. I've, uh, anything, again, we're in that season of the Spirit, the season of the church, and here in that season of the church, we're, we're praying, God, bring us together in a spirit of unity. Uh, on one level, to be a witness to the world, but on another level, just because we, the church, your beloved bride, you want as one together on the rock. Uh, Anything come to mind, or any kind of illustration? You don't have to. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. it does uh, uh, remind me of some things that happened in my <clears throat> career as an oncologist. Part of, hmm. uh, in, in addition to that, I also uh, worked on cancer health disparities. And so the disparities were worse in the African-American population. So spent 25 or 30 years working with the African-American community to, uh, you know, reduce and eventually eliminate that difference in outcome. And one of the interesting things is, you know, I would leave Mountain Brook as a white physician with a substantial income, uh, drive to the Delta of Mississippi and meet with 
you know, at, down a five-mile dirt road to a small Baptist church with 20 African-American members have supper and talk about, you know, cancer control. Uh, but it began to, to strike me that the common denominator, why we could do that over and over again, is I'm coming from a secular university. They are very Christian-oriented with gospels and prayer and everything, opening with prayer, and we can't let that happen. Mm -hmm. But one, one night, I remember with probably 40 or 50 of the leaders, and it, I said, you know, the common thing, the reason that I can come here as a white man with a different income and a different neighborhood than you, is that we're all sinners in, in need of a savior. And it, you know, and it was true. It was true. That was the common denominator that allowed us to, that allowed that secular university to work with that Christian community. That's good. No, thank you for that. That's. And uh, yeah, again, I'm not. I don't think it's as easy as just like you think this way, you live this way. Uh, again, this is what we were talking about a second ago. This is the work of the Spirit in us birthing this. We're, we're not autonomous. We're, we really need this love to be given to us. Command whatever you want, as Augustine says, right? But give what you command. Uh, but it is. It's uh, it, even just staying in the realm of the idea the gospel not that the gospel's just an idea but it is it's pretty incredible especially and especially if we're talking the ancient world right the ancient world there's just i mean a lot of the things that we think are just natural to humanity there there really wasn't this you know children are to be protected by any means or the weak should you know have human dignity the poor are valuable these are, these are all a result, even though it feels like it, but it's gotten into our bones of the Christian revolution, um, which really was so upside down. Um, it's still upside down, but it was so upside down. Check out Tom Holland's book, Dominion, and gosh, uh, it's, it's pretty, pretty miraculous, pretty, pretty well. Anybody else have anything? I mean, I, I, I think too, like, this is why gone are the days and just full disclosure, I, I love Luther, I love Calvin, I'm, I'm a Reformed Catholic, which means I'm a Protestant. Um, but gone are the days where we talk about Catholics as if they're the Antichrist. I hope that that's true, or you know, the Pope is the Antichrist. Uh, now granted, we've, we've had a lot of talks, and, and, and both groups have moved toward each other, but um, talking like that sounds nothing like what we see in the prayer. Uh, the spirit of unity. Again, I don't want to make light of where we differ, but I think it also, the, the truth of the gospel gives us a spirit of humility. Um, and if we are right, right, which I, mean, I think the gospels make it clear, if we're saved by God's work and not by our works, which includes our right doctrine, our right thinking, isn't that, like, that's great. You don't have to be concerned about your Roman Catholic friend, brother, or sister, like, oh, they're, they're going to perdition because they don't think exactly the right way about God. Not that we think exactly the right way, but you know what I mean. Um, 
I really do find it to be this balm uh, in that way, in this, 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 this spirit of unity way. Anybody else got anything? Uh, Dr. Partridge is a, is a real leader in this community. But I would say that my mother grew up Baptist, and she said, Episcopalians are the biggest bunch of ignoramuses you've ever seen. <laughs> I mean, you don't have to be defensive. Sometimes we are. <laughs> no, no, I mean, yeah. that's nothing to be proud of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She thought that they didn't know the Bible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. she spent her whole life studying. Uh, yeah. And she was married in this church, by the way, this very church. She got married here? Yeah. Oh, that's pretty funny. Compromise with her husband. Who oh, was, yeah, yeah. He was a Episcopalian. She was Baptist. She said, I don't care. And I, my <laughs> beloved wife was reared Baptist, and she thinks they're all a bunch of ignoramuses, too. Oh, you know. Yeah, huh? I think you better let me speak for myself. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> Strong women. Yeah, that's true. And I mean, hey, I mean, case in point, right? Like, you're, we're probably not gonna get to a spirit of unity again by some like kumbaya thing. It's 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 probably gonna be pretty hard work, right? It's probably gonna involve initial conflict. Something like, yeah, I don't know about you. Maybe you're less so, but I'm. I'm very conflict averse person. I'm a people pleaser. Um, I think I've gotten a little bit better at that because that actually is just as bad. But um, yeah, it's 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 tough work. But again, and I think I think what would really help us in our society today, as the church, especially in our relationship with the world, might be that the gospel means we don't have to take things so personally. Um, we don't have to get sort of, it doesn't mean we don't stand up for what we believe in. Um, but we were never promised in the scriptures that the world would look the way we want it to be. I just, I'm not saying don't work for that, but I mean, yeah, St. Paul would never even imagine that the empire would embrace the way. Uh, so yeah, we're not in uncharted territory. Uh, when we feel like aliens and sojourners in a foreign land. Um, yeah. Go ahead, Catherine. Yeah, I just, what I think about is what the scripture says about we're not, um, uh, we're neither Jew nor Greek, uh, slave nor free, rich or poor. We're all one in Christ Jesus. And with that in mind, I think that when we get to heaven, there will not be a door for the Episcopalians and one for Baptists and one for Jews and one for this one and one for that. We're all one in Christ Jesus. There will not be a door for blacks and whites and Mexicans and Jews. We're all one in Christ Jesus. So why can't we live this way on earth the way I envision heaven for all of us? That would be a wonderful thing if we could just, if we could just be with God Man has us to be, and that is all in one, all one in Christ Jesus. That would be a beautiful, beautiful picture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and that—that that is that's what will be. Um, so, in this, as Paul calls it, right, this present evil age, which which he means by that is this world that you know we are not autonomous. Again, this is why so many of us we like. I've set my mind to do this thing, and yet I can't do it. If we were autonomous, we could. Uh, 
reiterating the sermon, the powers of sin and death, they're powerful. Thanks be to God, the Spirit of God is more powerful. And this is why I was said we don't have to be optimists or people of despair, right? Because culture seems to cycle between the two. One minute we're like, the human trajectory northward, and then the next minute, America is going to fracture. Um, either thing might happen, but in the midst of the despair and the optimism, we have hope. We have hope that the, the spirit is going to create these fruits in us. Unfortunately, you know, the old man or uh, the power of sin and death, the capital F flesh, is, has not yet been defeated. Uh, and I, I do like the, the metaphor of the Allied storming of, of Nazi-controlled Europe, right? Because, I mean, this is, deal with the metaphor, you history buffs, but when the beaches of Normandy are successfully stormed, most scholars seem to suggest, well, back when I was in college in the mid-2000s, so those of you studying it now might be different, but the war was for all intents and purposes, like you knew who would be the victor. <clears throat> Nevertheless, it was not easy. I mean, the, the, the years after the successful storming were bloody. Some of the bloodiest battles were, were during that time. And, and uh, some people talk about that being the reality of the Christian life. In Christ's death and resurrection, the beachhead has been established. We know the outcome. And yet, in this time between times, it's not so easy just to love and to have patience and to have joy and to keep communities from fracturing. And, um, but the spirit, again, keeping with the metaphor, that stormed the Normandies in our lives has not stormed Normandy and then left us as if you have to do the rest of the work. Begun, continued, and brought to completion in the spirit. Uh, yeah. Anybody else? Any, any, anything else? I know what I think. I, I love, and, and feel free to you know, have like, oh, I don't think you're saying this. Yeah, the, the unity has substance. It's maybe that's what I was. I don't think I meant this. This is what I mean now, uh, like the, the kumbaya thing. Which again, I don't want to be against. I don't want to be too too suspicious or skeptical. But yeah, like the unity has to have a substance, or it's not going to hold us together. It won't have legs. 
uh, and that unity has the substance of God, God's self incarnated in Jesus. And if only it were that simple, right? Yeah, just everybody looked at Jesus, but you know, we're, we're making our way to Berlin. <laughs> the Spirit's making his way through us to Berlin, but yeah. So. Anybody else? To um, yeah. uh, expand on that military uh, Normandy example, I read something uh, this past week where a guy was, well, Bible said he was um, uh, drawing from uh, the movie Band of Brothers, mm-hmm. and on the night before D Day, the paratroopers landed behind enemy lines and um, you know you know in the history it was kind of a mess the way the whole thing um, uh, played out but uh, they showed this scene where um, uh, one of the, the lieutenants uh, brought a group of men who were from all different um, uh, platoons and companies They're, everybody just spread all over the place and he said one of the privates go and scout out you know see if you can figure out what's going on and you know, help us get situated. And the private comes back and says, well, he said, you know, I can't really tell you where we are, but we are surrounded. And he says, where are we going to need? And the lieutenant says, well, of course we're surrounded. We're paratroopers. We're right where we're supposed to be. <laughs> and so, you know, just that idea of unity. So here are these guys all from different platoons, mm, companies, you know, just all spread out. but. Uh, you know, recognizing they're in sort of a difficult circumstance and a difficult um, surroundings. Uh, you know, some of those differences, and you know, a lot of pride between those different companies and platoons. You know, we're better than you, and all this kind of stuff, and all that stuff just sort of disappeared. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's really good. Recognized, you know, we've got a common enemy, and so an objective, and sometimes those. <laughs> differences aren't quite as important as we think they are yeah yeah i've heard the illustration that's of an i mean this is usually used by my friends who have nothing to do with christianity but i think what you said made me think of there'll be nothing to unify the human race until there's you know an alien invasion or something um it sounds a lot like that i'm like oh that's like pretty interesting again uh you know, I don't want to take too far with that. I hope there's not an alien invasion. Um, but there was an alien invasion. His name was Jesus Christ. No. Um, all right, guys. I think we can end by now. Thanks for being here. This is the end of the four weeks. I'm going to do something in the, the fall, but I need time to think. You've been listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent. If you live in Birmingham or find yourself visiting, we hope you will join us at one of our Sunday services. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org.